This is All About Home Construction. And here's your hosts, Terry Beck and Randy Blake. That's right. Good morning, Randy. Morning, Terry. How are you, ma'am? Everybody out there? What's going on? <laughs> well, you know, this is a first for us. Eh, maybe a little bit. Well, for being in Calabash, North Carolina. That's fair. That's fair. Could have in the rock and roll kitchen at the VFW. I'm just saying, you decided to take off and go fishing this weekend. It's going to be cold up oh, here. <clears throat> a little bit of snow in the mountains, and Randy gets scared and runs off to the beach. No, I <laughs> and I'm not going fishing either. All right, that's so. fair. So no, but uh, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it, and uh, thanks for all of our listeners out there, and all about home construction. And we appreciate all the, all the, um, all the, all the good like uh, people like just being understanding. I decided, you know, that I w- I needed the day off last week because why not, right? Because when four kids in the house end up with the COVID thing going around, I decided I might as well take it too, right? Why why not let the kids suffer alone? So. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, I appreciate all of our listeners out there being patient with us and and understanding. That's truly amazing. It's making its rounds again. It's it's been kind of crazy, and there's you know going around like I just know with having kids and stuff, and uh, it seems like the flu thing is going around with some people. There's some kind of weird stomach virus going around the high country, and there's also COVID going around the high country. So take your pick. But uh, well. Maybe this uh, maybe this cold weather we're going to get the next twenty four hours will will take care of some of that. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. So. So, well, good luck because it's going to be cold tomorrow, and then uh, we may see some snow up on uh, coming into Martin Luther King on on Monday. Um, we could see some snow, but the the biggest thing this weekend is going to be the wind and the temperatures. So that's so what it's supposed to be. What later? Uh, Later in the week, supposed to be down to four degrees. Yeah, I mean that's it. And, and actually, like today, the temperatures are going to drop, and we've actually seen our high already for the day. We're gonna we're gonna drop down temperatures today, and then of course the that's not counting the windshield too. I mean, it's we're gonna see some pretty nasty gusts this weekend. We could see like fifty mile an hour wind gusts uh, throughout the weekend. But yeah, I mean, when, as we look ahead, like the highs are not a i don't even know like maybe monday it'll get just above freezing but basically it's going to be uh at or above or at or below freezing uh pretty much for the whole week um i think thursday is like 34 degrees but i mean i don't i don't put a lot of projection when it gets that far out because it changes so much but yeah i mean it's it's uh i mean highs on wednesdays in the 20s so well we got to get it down below zero if we're going to kill the bugs. Well, you know that that's that's uh, we think about that a lot, right? Um, and, and and that'll that'll in just a little bit get back sort of relates to some of our topic today. But you're right, and and we, when the bugs, you know, especially out out in the in the forest and stuff, like they got to get back into those. They dig into um, you know into the to the trees, and I'm you know I'm thinking like powder post beetles and things like that, like. They're pretty deep into it, and um, we we all know that that the wood, you know, our value of wood is is not the worst. I mean, there's better products, but I mean, wood is somewhat insulating, and so when you're a little bitty bug and you get in the middle of it, it uh, it protects you. 
Yeah, you know, uh, Travis Small a couple of weeks ago posted uh, the ash, yeah, ash bore worm mm-hmm. underneath the bark. And I wonder if that cold weather would kill that, you know, because well, the hemlock right. died because of a fungus, and then you've got the ash. And I always knew about the red oak bore yep. worm, and I just wonder if the cold weather would kill them because, you know, they're just right underneath the bark. Sure. They? In the soft layer, and you know they they eat that soft layer, and that's what kills the tree. Right. They can't they can't supply the nutrients up the trunk. Yeah, you know that, that's I mean that's a, that's a cool science about trees, and um, you know that yes, the the center of the trunk is important. I mean it, it holds everything together. The trunk, like the the whole system of a tree, is is important. But um, the nutrients flow on the outer outer layer, if you will, not the bark, but like the outer side of the of the trunk itself and um because because we can see that like you can uh you know back in the day when everyone was using firewood for heat you would choke off your trees and um leave them standing you know so you could cut them down in the and they'd be dry or yep. drier or at least in the winter uh, and that's what you do you just cut a ring around it um you know when you're, you're cutting a few inches into the bark or you know into the tree on the bark and cutting into it and it chokes the tree because the nutrients can't go up through it so, yeah and that way they get their dry firewood. Yep. So I mean, you know that. So yeah, like the the that's what the bugs do, though. They're 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 kind of doing the same thing, and that's what that's what kills uh, so many of those trees, and especially the hardwoods, like you said. Um, and then, well, and, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna save the the hemlock thing for later because that's gonna relate more to to what we're gonna jump into in the show. But um, yeah, it's you know that's the same thing. Like it's just pulling those nutrients from the tree. Well, you know, my brother lives in northern Idaho, mm-hmm. and uh. Which is cold out there right now, and uh, but they have nothing to burn out there but pine. Right. How everybody here won't burn any, you know, green, you know, pine or anything because of the soot. Right. And uh, that's he does exactly what you said in the spring. He'll find the trees that he wants to cut down for firewood, and uh, and he'll take his chainsaw and cut a circle all the way around it. Yep. So that way, comes. Uh, August, September, he's ready to to knock that tree down because it's already dried up. Right. Yep. And uh, but he also used the water stove too, so he ain't like us. He don't have to cut wood in eighteen inch or two foot lengths because he can he can put four foot logs in here. Oh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> so he, you know he just he loads it one time for three to four days. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I saw uh, a one of those videos on social media, Facebook or something like that, where, uh, and and I wish I would have saved this because afterwards I couldn't find it again. Someone had one of those outdoor stoves, and this was a huge stove. Like, this is a, one of the larger ones. And the the top opens up, like the roof, if you will, opens up. And again, you know, it's one of those outside units. So the roof opens up of the unit, and the guy was putting, like, six-foot logs in with his tractor, just, you know, dropping yep. them in with the forks and, uh, I was like, man, that's the way to go. You fill it up, and it's like it lasts a week, you know. I've seen that one, too. My brother, uh, it's pretty wild because his uh, water stove's probably 100 foot from the house. Yep. And uh, the, the, first, the first stop is it goes into his hot water heater. The next stop is that it goes into his furnace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it makes a circle, and it goes back out into his hot tub. Yep. It warms, warms his hot tub, and then it goes back to the wood stove and, it, and yeah. he had a guy uh that he worked with 
set up all the thermostats at each station so he can actually control the temperature. Right. So he's not blowing, popping off and stuff. I think it's great. I mean, that's I've I've got some family members growing up who had you know similar water stoves, and I'm like you. I've always thought, you know, like especially if you've got like a greenhouse or um, you know a hot tub or even a swimming pool, right? That you want to heat up a little bit. Like that's uh, to me, that's just a great way to do it. And you know, a lot of people too, Randy, especially like like your you know your brother's instance where he's got he's heating his hot water to it, right? Even in the summer, you need hot water. Um, and some people can build a fire in the summer, you know, a small fire, and it heats up enough water. And if you've got a good tank that, that holds it, um, you know, you can heat up your water, you know, maybe once, twice a week, uh, and a good tank will hold it. But even an electric tank, right, you're preheating the water, uh, and so it's going to cut back even if you had an electric as a backup. And so, um, you know, so in the summertime, you just build a small fire, and, uh, you know, it doesn't heat the house, but it heats the water still. And I don't know. It's it's really cool. It's it's, it's fascinating, and, and and I like the fact too. Like like I, an ideal system for me would be to put, uh, you know, the shed that you got next to it for the wood. You put a nice little uh, uh, solar panel up there, and then you're heating your water too. Yeah. You know, he's even gone as far now with it that his his greenhouse floor. Mm-hmm. He's now that he's got a little older now. He don't have a hot tub now, but now it goes. Heats the concrete slab underneath his greenhouse. Yeah, he can actually grow stuff in the wintertime. Exactly, and and I know, um, I, I know again, you know, just just growing up and, and, and around some agriculture, I know of some farms, uh, and I say you know like greenhouse farms, people nurseries, if, I guess is the correct word for that, right? <laughs> um, but I, I know some nurseries that were that use that. I mean, that's how they they grow. Uh, you know, the plants, and and that's how you get these pretty flowers, and and you know. By Mother's Day, right? Is uh, yeah, and ah. and then so they heat it with wood, and it's kind of cool because that way, you know, the problem with wood heat in general, like if we're talking about a stove, is the dryness. You know, it pulls a lot of moisture out of the air, um, and which is bad for plants. But by doing it like we're talking about, where where you're cycling that hot water, so you're using the wood to heat up water that's going through tubes. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's like you know radiant heat essentially. He's a, so. They've not had the winters out there like, you know, the last 10 years like they used to. Right. They're getting the winter now like they used to. Uh, I know we were out there in June one time, and golly, I guess in the mid-90s, and they still, still had a snow drift on one mountain that was 27 foot deep. So. Wow. So well, he's, I, he's up there in the boonies. Sure. Well, I, I saw um, uh, something, uh, I don't know if it was a news article or something, but um, and I didn't catch exactly where it was in Canada, but this past week, and somewhere in, in Canada, it showed a house, and you would, so it's sort of like a, an A-framed house, and the guy is opening the door of, like opening a little window, rather, uh, up t- on the top level, and he goes down, and he's like three levels deep. But, you know, he's, he's just walking on the snow, opening a little window and crawling in, um, th- you know, the third store, well, floor. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's crazy snow pile. Um, well, they're doing that now in the Sierra yeah. Madres in California, going yeah. in on the balconies. And yep. Stuff. So. Through the um, front door, so. Yeah, and and, and and that's you know that that's uh, actually that'll, that'll get into our topic here. We'll get into it in just a moment, but you know what th- that's 
when you have snow like that, because it, it melts so slow, you know, typically, it's going to trickle in, and, and that's a lot of water, but it's also a lot of a lot of pressure up against those, you know, structures. Um, I, I, I that's would be my concern, I guess, if I had a house. It's like, for one, the, the water, because water's going to get in your house, and if it doesn't actually go in the door, if you clear it out and it's still not coming in the actual door, it's seeping through and into the walls and stuff, and um, it's just a lot of moisture. Yep, and uh, well, you know, you have to build accordingly, and those old people know how to build accordingly. Right. You know, uh, they still a lot of a lot of Canada, a lot of northern states and stuff. They have to uh, be able to get the snow off the roof to keep their houses from caving in. Yeah. People don't, you know, we've never had to do that in the mountains here. Yeah. And uh which I mean I guess we're pretty fortunate with our lumber. The deflection in it has can withstand the uh the snow load. Yeah. And but you'd probably take a well, modern modern technology's made it so it's hard for roofs to cave in, so yeah, I mean that—that's the advantage of of the engineering, right? Is uh, it yep. doesn't collapse the whole thing, but um, but still, you know that that's any time you have pressure, right? I mean, the weight is bad when you have water, and then you add weight uh, over time. That's bad too. Um, but anyway, that that'll, that'll well, actually water does water yep. causes termites. Well, that's it, right? And, and it, it causes a lot of issues. And uh, I tell you what, we're going to actually jump into that in just a little bit. But let's, let's go ahead and take our first break before we do. And then uh, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast all about home construction here on WATA as uh, well. And uh, go check that out, all about home construction, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're uh, right here live on Saturday mornings. Randy, we'll take a break. We'll be right back, all right? All right, bye.
That's right. All about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks to all of our listeners out there. Uh, just, uh, you know, don't forget about the podcast as well. Share it with some friends. Talk to some people. Uh, we always got the Facebook page, Randy. Of course, people can ask questions. And we get quite a few uh, on there, to, uh, you know, from time to time. And people talking to us all the time. So if you got questions and comments, um, by all means, reach out to us. And um, actually, speaking of the Facebook page, Randy, well, when we jump into our topic here now, uh, I actually put the pictures that we're going to be talking about up on the Facebook page. So, um Little little preview there if you you want to jump online right now, so, but uh, speaking with Randy who is de- who's decided to uh, take well I'm just not I'm not gonna pick on you but let's just say you take a fishing trip down to the beach because it's cold but you're just taking care of some uh, some some work some actually it looks like you got a little bit of work going on yourself now thanks to the trip huh? Well yeah I'm down here inspecting my mother's house and uh, because. We- and that straight line wind that happened in that rain a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a top out of a uh, southern yellow pine, probably about between 12, 14 inches thick, flew about 70 foot and hit the top of my mom's house. Ugh. And uh, I, I sent Terry the pictures of it. Yeah, and it looks pretty rough, dude. This is the, since we've been in the metal business and – I know you've all heard us talk about, heard me talk about inferior metals, okay? And uh, and a lot when you get a when you get a good price on metal, it's not necessarily American products. It could be from China, it could be from Mexico, because those are the two countries now making a lot of substrate. Right. Uh, this particular metal that's on my mom's house was manufactured by Fabrail, and Fabrail is actually the company that patent. The agricultural panel that you see on everybody's houses today, mm-hmm. and uh, they make the, the the metal was patented in 1956, so this, the patent's as old as I am. Right. But the thing that always stuck with me was the tensile strength of the panels. Okay, and uh, uh, the lower the tensile strength. You really don't notice it, but the, the metal is thicker, it's more pliable, and it will have a tendency to, to come and go with dents and stuff, okay? Like uh, sometimes you'll get hail hit your roof and you'll get a dent, but eventually, yep. because of the expansion and contraction of the sun, the dent will work its way out. Right. Well, in this case, this is the first time that we've had a tree go through the house. And it didn't come through the main house, but it came through the porch roof. So, but in that one picture I sent you, you can see the facial board that's, you know, about five foot from the ridge where it just totally tore the facial off. Yeah, that's, that's, that's rough looking. And, um, you know, and again, like I said, it's, it's not just a, oh, let's, uh, let's clean it off and, and patch the roof, right? Like there's some structural stuff that you're going to have to go back and, and uh, sure, you know, fix up and clean up. So that's that's it. Looks like a, quite the project. Well, it, really, uh, it's not because uh, it didn't really break the rafters, but it cracked the rafters. Okay. So we'll be able to sister on. Uh, that's good. And uh, uh, we've got to take the measurements and stuff on it. Sure. To, uh, see how much yep. we got. How we got to replace. But yeah, there's there's probably about eight ten holes in it where you know the limbs went through yep. it. Yep. 
Wow. But like I said, it absorbed a lot of the pressure yeah. from it. So it could have been worse if it was a shingle. Uh, Correct. Roof. And, uh, yeah, it could have. It was shingles, the whole, the whole every limb it hit the roof would have went through. Right. And, uh, you know, we did a job, golly, around 2002, 2003 in Blowing Rock. Mm-hmm where a top out of a white pine had came out. Yeah. And uh, it was closer to the house than this yellow pine that hit my mom's house because this, this this top out of this tree was probably 60, 70 feet from the house. Wow. Flew across and, and hit her house. Well, the one in Blowing Rock, the tree just fell out, and uh, it happened twice on that house. Yep. And it happened, um, and the guys, you know, luckily it was a summer home not a winter home, and it hit in the children's bedroom. Right. And we had, uh, the second time it happened, the, one of the white pine limbs, about a three-inch limb, come all the way through the roof, through the drywall, and right through the center of where his, one of his kids would have been sleeping if they'd have been home. See, and, and you see, you hear about those stories, and you see those crazy pictures, you know, of the of the limbs sticking in and poking the, the couches and stuff. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of scary stuff, really, you you think about um, you know being in a house oh you're you're safe and sound but um, you know and, and we don't experience the tornadoes but that's the same effect right when when the trees are being blown out when the trees being shot across the air uh, in the twister right it's it's the same yeah. sort of thing and then it, it when you, I don't know I guess what I'm trying to say is when you see it like that uh, you realize just how dangerous it can be sometimes so and it, it, uh. Yeah, that goes to show you that the tensile strength of the panel, right, is important too. Yeah, and what I'm, and one thing I mean by that is, is you can take an eighty thousand pound tensile strength trim, and if it doesn't fit good, you can put it in a brake and you can straighten it, or you can put a right. new bend in it. Where the hundred and ten, hundred and twenty thousand pound tensile strength metal, if you try to stretch it or close it, it, it will run. It will split. Right, and. uh we uh, had to replace a roof one time, and uh, a metal roof, and uh, my lead man, Greg, he reached down, and he said, watch this, and he grabbed the panel, and he tore it all the way across oh, wow. our hands. So that's the reason I do not like imported metal. I get it. I get it. And, you know, with all these natural disasters and stuff that comes, uh, that's what I'm looking for. You know, we've talked about it on the show before about fasteners and stuff. Yep. Uh, just like these tornadoes, was it Charlotte mm-hmm. or down around Charlotte that hit this last week? Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking mm-hmm. looking at that mobile home, a double wide, and you know, when double wides and modulars and stuff are built, they're the the plywood is all foam to the rafters or the walls or the floor system, okay? Right. Well, that one house, they showed all the sheeting off of it. I didn't see any foam on it. So somebody dropped the ball on that job. That's what allowed that plywood to come off. Right. And that that stuff is stapled down. It's not nailed down. Sure. Staples, staples have has a lot more holding power than nails do. A lot of people don't believe that, but as long as the staple's installed correctly, it'll hold a lot more. Right, right. Well, cool. 
Well, cool. Well, I want to get into uh, those pictures I just put on Facebook. Uh, so all about home construction on Facebook. You can look into that. And um, so uh, another type of damage that we see so often, uh, you know, not just related to, to um to storms and trees, but uh, definitely related to houses and wood, is uh, we we run into this quite a bit. And one of the, uh, I would argue, and you correct me, but probably in terms of like repairs, probably the most leading cause, if not one of the most leading causes of um, of re- of damage in, in in any house. And you know, when, when you're talking about on. Uh, from from a minor level to a major level, right? And that is uh, that is wood rot. Yes. And uh, I know we uh, we talked about uh, warranty on treated lumber. Mm-hmm. Well, before the show, I was re- you know reading an article about the arsenic. Okay, and uh, you know they took the arsenic out of treated lumber in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't exactly understand why just taking arsenic out causes the trees and lumber to start rotting more than than it did before. Okay, I'm I'm not a chemist, so I couldn't tell you there. And uh, I got some thoughts EPA, on that, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the EPA took it had had the the arsenic took out of the lumber <clears throat> because they estimated one out of a million child would have problems with the arsenic. And uh, so that's about like winning the lottery. And uh, but they've also, you know, they they have fought it, trying to create it better. Right. And it and they failed. You know, we've talked about other shows where treated lumber in eight years has happened to be replaced. Right. Okay. So we're down on this job in Caldwell County, and generally, as a rule of thumb. If your deck's rotting, your floor joists will be fine, okay? Right. Here we're finding uh, a house that's 10 years old, and the floor joists are rotted. That's wild, and that's the pictures we put up. And now, when we say rot, right, like there's there's a couple different things when we think about rot. I mean, there's essentially like in wood, there's three different types of rot, and that's your white rot, your brown rot, and your soft rot. Um, and, and we will, we'll sort of jump into some of those, you know, and, um, but the, when, when you think of like a tree in the middle of the woods that fell down and you know, you pick it up and it falls apart in your hands, the spongy stuff falls apart. That, that's like your, uh, that's going to be more like your soft rot, you know, and, and typically, I mean, well, ideally we don't see that in house, in a, in, you know, because you're using finished lumber that's ideally, uh, protected from from moisture, right? Correct, and it's uh, heel dried. So when it comes to you, you know, uh, kill, the reason for keel dry is to kill the bugs. If there's any bugs right. in the lumber, yep. Well, you know, the, I mean, yes, you're right. The, that's 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 half of it. Uh, I think the other half too is it makes it more stable, right? Because you're already you're you're putting in uh, wood will dry out on its own, and so if you don't kill dry if you air dry wood it takes longer to uh yeah you know and, and so it makes it more stable so I, I would argue that the kill does uh two things and that's that's the bugs and, and make it more stable it, it does and uh it helps out a bunch yeah uh I, I remember building uh with green lumber in the 80s and 90s 
and we had to purline the walls three times to keep them from twisting. Mm-hmm. Green studs, stuff. Right. So I'll tell you one thing: you make a stout house just like coming out of the thirties, forties, oh, yeah. fifties. Yeah, well, green lumber. There's a reason why a hundred year old, two hundred year old houses exist, right? Yeah. Um, well, but, but, I want to I want to go back to the to the rot. So. Again, the the soft rot is, is again like what we think of when we when we think of, um, you know, again just just that you you it crumbles up in your hands. You poke it with something and, and and you know poke it with a with a screwdriver and it goes all the way through. Sometimes with your finger, right? And that's what you ran into uh, in this in this house that you're working on. And it's it's I, I mean again you see you see like rot. And and but so many times on the structural side of rot, it's not that like I mean that's just a lot of rot I guess is what I'm trying to say is like that was that's broken down so much. Well, it is, and and I told Terry this is the first for me on this house here because we looked at it probably a year and a half two years ago, and uh, this is the great wall on this house, and uh, it holds. You know what? What a great wall does. Cathedral ceiling. It's got French doors, yep. big glass on each side, glass above it. So you've got a, you know, you've got a, a sizable load on it. Mm-hmm. Well, you do have a sizable load, but your rafters, you know, A-frame pitch actually helps carry a lot of that load. See, right. And uh, but between the time period of couple, you know, year and a half, two years ago, up until couple weeks ago when we got to looking at it this was some of the oddest construction i'd ever seen and and uh what they did was they put the mud seal down but they also put the girder down the girders in the house are made out of tuba twelves right they put a legend strip underneath the tuba twelve to hold the tuba 10 floor joists and so when they used tuba tens for the band outside they were a half inch short, okay? So what they used to shim the, the, the band with was OS, OSB. Right. Seven sixteenths. Right. So they're already a sixteenth of an inch short wow. on Hotwise. But most people don't, you know, most people have been in the business a long time understands that even plywood will compress. Yep. Okay? It's not made to hold structural loads on it. And... They should have. What they should have done was is continued the the mud seal all the way around standard standard method, and may add another uh, floor joist to the girder. Made it a triple instead of a double. That way, it had all been the same high. Right. Right. But what these yahoos did, and I have no idea how this house ever passed inspection, is they used six mil plastic for the house band flashing. <laughs> plastic not i mean you know typical yeah wow i mean that would you would almost be better off not having any right well i don't know about that but the thing about it is they didn't take into consideration what plastic does right and and, and plastic sweats you know and, and I, that's the reason i sent terry the pictures because unlike a year and a half two years ago you know, we knew that the band was rotted, but there was pieces of the band falling out Right. when we went back a couple of weeks ago. And the only thing really holding 
This great wall up was the treated band on the outside. That's so wild. And, and and you're not exaggerating. Like you can see through this piece of wood. I mean, there's holes in this piece of wood. Uh it's it's just wild. It's wild. So and uh so you know, uh us as a contractor, me as a contractor, you know, had to figure out how to fix it. Yep. Keep the wall from coming down. Yep. You know, which uh you didn't have a lot of space there to get a 20 ton in. You could have, what we could have done was cut holes in it and uh, stick cribbing up on the outside and take a jack to hold it. Yep. So instead of what we, what we did was, is, uh, we, which it wasn't hard, uh, we figured we'd have to take a vibrator to cut the OSB up. And Frank said, no, I just took a pocket knife and cut it. It was a damn rock. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, then we cut, we made bridging yep. that fit, fit on the wall. So it sat on the mud seal and held the great wall up so they could take the band out and the wall not come down. It's wild. So we, so we actually came out pretty good without doing a lot of jacking on the house. Nice. Well, Randy, let's take another break. We'll come right back right after this. And uh, I'm going to get to it also, Randy, like, what is wood rot? I mean, we know what it is, but let's really get into it. Thanks for listening to us.
That's right. All about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks to all of our listeners out there. And uh, Randy's here from uh, Calabash, North Carolina. South Carolina. It's whatever it is. Whatever Carolina he's in, South Carolina. capital of the world. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, all right, all right. Before we uh, before we get into the the next little segment here, I, I've got a little audio treat for you, Randy. I don't know if you can hear this the best. It sounds like little white noise. No, that's not your speakers messing up. You know what that was, Randy? Uh uh-uh. uh That's the bioelectrical field uh, recording of fungus. Which is uh, Serpula lacrimans. And you know what that is? Now, is that the, uh, you're talking about in the forest now? Well, it can be in the forest. But it's also the number one fungus that uh, when, we, when we think of rot, especially dry rot, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, that's the number one type of fungus uh, that is dry rot. So there you go. That's what, that's what it sounds like when your house is being eat up by what we call dry rot. If you well, you know, it. also that fungus you talk about mm-hmm. is the largest living organism in the world, and it is all <laughs> when you walk into a forest. Yep, it, it covers all everything underneath the leaves. That that living fungus is all together. Yeah. Well, that's you know, the reason stuff don't stay long on the ground. Right. Well, so that that's it, and so I was thinking about this earlier when you know, when you're sharing the pictures and stuff, with, and we're talking about the rot. Like, we we all know what wood rot is. I mean, we 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 live first of all, we live in the high country, and we see the trees fall down. We, I mean, you know, like like we're not we we know what rot is. That's a pretty common thing. I mean, you could you could talk to so everyone on the street, and I would say most people can explain what wood rot is. But I got to think about it, like. Really, what is wood rot? You know, uh, and, and so I got to looking into it. It's it's really the wood decay itself is is because of fungus, and uh, the the number one you know, like wood decay. What we call uh, is is xylophagus fungus, and it it just, it just if if you think about it, it's a fungus that's eating wood, um, and that's what the result is: rotted wood. Um, and and so I don't know. It, it just made me think about it. Like when you, I guess when when you look at it that way, like it, you know, the, it, it's it's a living thing. And 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 now there's people probably freaking out because like I just said, like their walls are living. Um, you know, there's there's fungus in everything. There's fungus in the air. Like you're breathing fungus right now. And uh, yeast is a type of fungus. Um, you know, and it can make. It can make your sauerkraut. It can make your beer, uh, but you're you're breathing it in. You don't even know it. And uh, yeah, make your bread. Yeah, I mean that that's it. Like like it, it's those spores. I mean that that's a fungus. And but when you think about it that way, uh, to me anyway, like it, it it starts to make sense of how do you how do you keep things from from rotting? And you know we we talk so much about the rent, uh, the moisture, but really that's what it is. What does living things need? And if you think about it that way, right? I mean, how many people have picked up a board off the ground and and see that white spider web growing uh-huh. on the back? Not really a spider web, but that's the mold yeah. growing on the back of that bowl. Exactly, and and when you when again when you look at rot, it can be classified wood wood decay fungi, if you will, if you want to go with that uh, xylophagus word. That's my big fancy word for the day, by the way, xylophagus. Um, there's three types. You got the brown rot. 
you got the white rot, you got the soft rot. Now, we call uh, the brown rot, you, you probably don't, you're not very familiar with that name because we call it dry rot. It's not really dry. It's just a different type of fungus that eat, that that's eating the wood up, and um, you know, and it lives in a little bit different conditions, which is what we call dry rot. Soft rot, again, is like we talked about, like you pick it up and it's gonna, you know, a piece of wood up and it falls apart in your hand when you squeeze it. Like that's that's the soft rot. Rot, and then the the white rots, like you said. Uh, when you pick, you know, when you see that you, that growing looks like that, you know, you can you can. I mean, it looks like a fungus, right? You see the fungus kind of yeah. growing in the woods, and you see that in the middle of the woods uh, on trees all the time. And if you've ever seen a fallen tree that's been down for a while, and uh, you you go over and you 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 touch it, and, it, and the bark falls off, a lot of times you see that white rot, uh, you know, underneath the bark of a of a of a dying tree, of a, of a decaying tree. Well, you know. <clears throat> Makes you wonder. We're paying for treated lumber, and treated lumber's rotting in ten years. Yeah, I mean, golly. And, and so that that's that's what that. And again, this is just my theory. Um, and, and part of what the arsenic probably did, and what we what we want in, in treated lumber is insects is one thing because insects but insects what do they do they open up the cells of the wood it so it gets more exposure from rot and and now yes they're eating things up too and and and, and, and taking the wood away so to speak but um treated wood and when it comes to to not rotting that's the thing it's it's, it's treated so that the fungus cannot live in it right it doesn't it doesn't waterproof wood it keep it, it makes it, it conditions less uh, less than ideal for fungus to, to grow. Um, you know, I've always uh, took my post all the way down to the top to my path. Okay, mm-hmm. you see a lot of houses where they come up out of the ground and they put sauna tubes on and they put the post on top of it. Right. Well, the only reason I always got away from that is because if you don't put an adequate adequate footer underneath that pier. Now you have a pivot point with your post. Right. Okay? And uh, so now this puts a whole new light on everything because now if your posts are rotting too, just like you, your floor joists are rotting, you're going to have to come out of the ground to, to add your post, you know, right. to the top of a, a pier. Yep. To keep it from rotting. You know, Code addressed it years ago where you were, your post was six inch, or excuse me, one inch off your concrete pad. So at least it, the water would drain away from it to keep it from having right, any trouble. Right. Uh, you know, a regular homeowner cannot get the the, the treated lumber, the uh, six point one or one point six that a contractor can. But when when you go to some of these big box stores, there's none of it that's treated that that good. You have right. to specifically order that product, and uh, and that product still has arsenic in it and it's still and there's some of it that's been out there since the 40s it still hadn't rotted sure sure you know give you a good indication your telephone poles okay mm-hmm. telephone poles don't rot right still, they, they, they right. do dry rot but you know they could be 30 40 years down the road yep but again it's you know it's it when 
when we think about it, right, it's that I, I, to me, it's just it just makes a lot more sense when we think about it as rot as sort of that living organism, um, you know, the fungus itself, because uh, especially when it comes to the to construction of houses, right? Like, let's take your example that we just talked about of uh, you know earlier with the pictures online, and and that is you've got something now you got plastic that is holding in the moisture, and what do living things need? They need heat. They need food. They need water, right? Um, I mean, there's, yeah. there's some other things, but that that's the that's the essentials, and and that's what you see with with plastic, right? Plastic is going to hold somewhat of heat in. You know, it, it doesn't have an R value, but it reflects and it main, you know uh, pushes the heat back, uh, so to speak. I mean, that we've you've talked about going camping and, and you wrap a a, bl- uh, a a plastic around you in a sleeping bag, right? It's holding that heat yep. in. It's reflecting it back. And so it's keeping it's keeping it moist because it can't dry out, and it's keeping it warmer. And we, you know we see mold. It, ideally, fungus will grow uh, fifty to to ninety degrees. Uh, you know, so that's why you see it a lot in the springtime, summertime. Um, you know, and so I and and, and that's but that's why you see it in basements, right? That's why when you think of like where are the big places that have wood rot. And it's always near water, right? Your your soffits, uh, or your um, you know at, at the bottoms of of any kind of post near the ground. Um, well, see, we talked about earlier about uh, the homeowner having a water problem underneath the uh-huh. house. Okay, so one thing that caused the water problem was the contractor didn't put a fresh drain around the house. Right. Okay? All right. Even with the fresh drain, when you got it. Extremes, and what I mean by extremes is, is uh, the lower part of the house, the walls six foot tall. Right. The back side of the house is the crawl space is two foot high. Okay, so his driveway's there. Yeah. So you're always going to get so much water that's going to come underneath the footer up above in the driveway that comes down. So the homeowner put him a dehumidifier in. Well, the dehumidifier is sucking sucking out the back of the house. You know. He's catching that moisture coming in, but you know dehumidifiers create heat. Okay, yeah. when they're when they're absorbing water, taking water out out of the air. Well, in the direction of this dehumidifier was going against the house band. So see, this uh, house band was continuously sweating because of the cooler outside temperature mm-hmm. to the warmer temperature see, in the crawl space. And that's what that's where I'm saying. Like when we think, I think. I don't know. To me, anyway, it was just—it's just a light bulb moment when you think of like rot being living, and 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 especially when we talked about the prevent. And like you said, is it's keeping the heat in, and it's keeping—you know—it's causing it to sweat, condensate, so it's keeping it moist, which is the two two of the big things that fungus needs to live. And uh, you know, we, you know, me as a contractor, you know, they tell us that we cannot build a house too too tight, right? Okay? But it seems like we are building houses tight, you know, with the high-performance windows, high-performance insulation and stuff. So if you don't add what you need, and what I mean by that is if you don't put your Tyvek on the house to make sure that that moisture that gets condensation behind the side and is not leached out, now now you're with a tighter house, you're creating a moisture level against your plywood. Yep. And that was the whole idea. House wrap was to keep moisture from coming inside the house. Right. Well, but and, but 
Tyvek house wrap, whatever, is not the same as plastic, though. It looks very similar, but it's not the same thing. It will not condensate. It's made to to move the water away from the house. Exactly. We have seen people put Tyvek on backwards. Yep. So when you put it on backwards, it will turn the water into your house. Well, uh, well, there you go. Well, Randy, we got to wrap things up here, and then uh, all about home construction again. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. Uh, go back and listen to it. And I don't know. I think there's a lot more science stuff we can get into, but uh, that'll have to wait for another day. Sound like a plan? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Randy, thanks again, and uh, all of our listeners out there, thank you. Randy, we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Bye.